This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the all-star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered. And today, we're going to hear from an old friend, Mike Gallego. Another old friend, Andrew Bailey. A guy that works around the A's as we speak, Dallas Braden. And a guy who's got a new gig, former pitcher and really good guy, George Contos. But first, we're going to start with Mike Gallego. A World Series champion with the A's in 1989. We'll get into that with Mike. And of course, he is now the bench coach for Joe Madden down in Anaheim. But we love gags. Here's Mike Gallego. Well, it's great to have him back. He's an absolute A's legend. He's a World Series champion. He was one of the great coaches for the Oakland Athletics, and now he's doing his thing for the Los Angeles Angels. It's always great to have him back here on A's Cast Live. Mike Gallego, how are you? Hi, Chris. I'm doing great. It's great to uh, it's great to be back home. Uh, I would say I, I can't wait to uh, see all my ex-coaches and teammates and uh, the fans, but one out of three is not bad anyways. Well, I got to tell you, during this break, we honored the 1989 team. Uh, of course, the team you were on won a world championship. And, you know, looking back, and we, we actually played the, the ALCS against the Blue Jays on NBC California, and then we played the World Series you know, before we start talking about this season, reminiscing about that year, what a great run it was, but winning the World Series in 1989, talk about how that truly is one of the most complete teams in the history of the game. Well, you know, there's there is definitely quite a few rock stars on that team, no doubt. Um, uh, but the amazing thing, all the different personalities, all the uh, uh, different superstars we had, uh, Tony uh, Corraldus, uh, by the first pitch every single day. And uh, he got us all thinking, you know, the same way. You know, all we did was one positive thing uh, to help in a baseball game. And when you have that much talent and thinking so elementary like that, uh, it put things in perspective and, and allowed us to play the good fundamentally sound baseball we actually played with the abundance of, of uh, uh, super talent, you know. So, with that combination, uh, obviously, we were a pretty tough team to beat that year. And, and uh, you know, we also, uh, you know, uh, held each other accountable. And, um, you know, at the same time, it's baseball. It was just baseball. We went out and had a good time. We had a lot of fun. Like I said, we had a lot of different personalities for sure. And, um, you know, uh, believe me, it was it was a, a, a laugh a minute. But at the same time, we were very focused and, and uh, uh, you know, paid uh, much attention to uh, the task at hand and what we had to do on the field every single day. 
you know, Dave Stewart told us that there were some hotels, there were so many people there, autograph seekers and fans, you guys couldn't go through the, the front lobby. You had to go in the back door. Well, uh, most of them did. I, I was able to walk right through and nobody recognized me. So I, I had no problem with any of that. That was, uh, you know, it's a funny thing now. It's, it's now with everyone wearing masks, nobody can recognize anybody, but they recognize me. I don't understand that. Hey, hey, you're a legend. Who are you kidding? Stop downplaying it. Uh, you know, we're going into this season. Obviously, it's 60 games in 66 days. Uh, as a coach, I mean, how do you see it? It's kind of like anybody's game. Oh, I mean, it's up for grabs. You know, uh, you know, we all know how this game can go. And, and uh, you know, with a regular season, you know, it's usually those, those stronger teams that, you know, uh, come out on top, obviously. Uh, you know, they just wear other teams down. Um, but with 60, 60 games like this, um, like you said, it, it could be anybody's game. All it takes is one or two hot streaks, and you're right in the thick of things. So, uh, obviously, there's going to be, you know, you have to pay more, even more attention uh, to every single uh, play that you make, every single run that counts, um, you know, the, every single pitch. It, it, the, old, the old pain, one pitch at a time, it really comes true this season with this 60-game uh, uh protocol that we have for for the for the mlb you mentioned uh coming back home tonight to oakland and what it means to you and i gotta think the same thing for joe madden and all the years he was with mike Sosha uh down there in anaheim what, what's his return been like it, this this man is uh you know I, i've been fortunate to be a part of a lot of a lot of great teams and and play for great managers and work for great managers and coaches uh, this guy's special uh, talk about a guy that's down to earth. Uh, he loves the game. He loves his team. He loves his paper, his players. He loves the fans. He just loves what he does. And, um, and you know, it reflects on us. You know, we come to the ballpark and talk about a guy that's, you know, a cool cucumber. This guy is just nice and relaxed, um, but at the same time doesn't miss a beat. And uh, we have uh, him, you know, at the helm running, running the ship. And uh, uh, he, he, he brings us relaxed atmosphere to the ball club. The players, uh, you know, respond to that. The coaching staff, he allows us to do our job. Uh, he never micromanages anybody. Uh, but it, at the same time, like I said, he's paying attention to everything that we do. You may not think he is, but he is. But uh, he likes to have fun. He's, uh, um, you know, a little, he's got a lot of old school in him. But at the same time, he's on top of all the analytical side of things. And, and uh, uh, a, a guy that is, uh, very well prepared, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, I've been in the game for quite a few years, years now, and, and I'm excited to uh, uh, be schooled by him and, and, you know, continue to learn, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the, my opportunity, and, and I'm really excited about uh, uh, the ball club that we, we are going to bring out on that field every single day and, and the, the coaching staff that I'm a part of. You know, you played with some of the greatest players who have ever lived, and you've been around them also as a coach. When you see Mike Trout every single day, how good really is he, and who does he compare to? Well, um, he doesn't compare to one guy, for sure. I mean, you, you, you see a lot of different superstars in this guy, you know, with, with his speed. You know, you can talk his speed and – and, you know, you think of uh, a Ricky Henderson speed. Uh, you talk about his knowledge of the game. And you, and you think about a Carney Lansford. 
Uh, you think of his power, and obviously the McGuire and Conseco come to it. Uh, his athleticism, uh, you know, is uh, tremendous, you know, and you think about a Walt White's athleticism. But this is baseball instinct and baseball knowledge. You know, you got to go back to the old school, you know, you know, uh, Mickey Mantle, those type of guys, uh, you know, he, he, he reminds me of. And, and uh, you know, as far as a person, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's a guy that is so humble, and um, he's one of those coaches, one of those players that he's always looking to get better. You know, he's, he'll pick your brain. He'll ask for extra work. He's usually the first one at the ballpark and the last one to leave. And, I mean, he's not, he's not at the ballpark early and, and playing video games. He's in, the, he's in the weight room. He's in the cage. He's in the trainer's room. He's out there, you know, working on his defense. You know, this kid is one of the best, if not the best, baseball player in the game today. And um, he continues to get better, and, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't slack off. He's 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 ready to do whatever it takes uh, to continue to get better. So he's a student of the game, and and uh, a trend, like I said, tremendous person, and he's he's fun to watch, no doubt. You know, I'm, I'm, we're all privileged to uh, uh, be able to see him day in and day out, just about just to watch how he goes about his business. And he's been wearing the A's out for years, and he's going to continue to wear the A's out for a long time. He's a special guy. And also special, if you look at the skill set of Shohei Otani, and I remember the first time we saw him in Oakland, I couldn't believe just how tall and fast he is. I mean, he's taking BP at the Coliseum. He's launching balls out. Then you see him get on the mound, and he's got great stuff. I mean... To, to talk about a skill set of pitching, power, playing the game, Gags, we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth. What's he like to be around? <laughs> well, he definitely would have made the All-Star team in Little League and on my RBA, uh, in my RBA League, Cooper Rivera, no doubt. He, was, he would have been one of the better players to be able to pitch and hit like he does and run. Um, but uh, he's, he's also going to be an All-Star for the uh, uh, Major League Baseball as well. This guy... Uh, like you said, he's got this young baby face. He's uh, he's got a smile on his face every single day. Loves the game, absolutely loves the game. Um, he almost he actually gets. He's all, we always have to pull him back uh, because of his workload from you know getting his bullpens in, being prepared for his start. Um, you know they try to balance the hitting and and the pitching uh, so he doesn't overload himself. But uh, you know he he's. He just can't wait to get in the batter's box. And then when you watch him throw his bullpens or throw a simulated game, I haven't seen him pitch in a real game, personally, actually. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, the stuff that he has uh, is um, unbelievable. And uh, like you said, the strides. When he run, I, I, I got to coach third for with him running last year. And talk about a guy that gets on you in a hurry from first to third. You have to pay attention. You know, you're looking for the ball in the gap and all of a sudden he's on you. You got to make a decision right away. He's that fast. So, um, yeah, tremendous athlete. Another, another guy that is, uh, uh, a guy that is a lot of fun to watch. Um, another kid that, that and loves the game. And, uh, again, it's, uh, <laughs> we consider ourselves very lucky to, to be able to, uh, you know, watch these guys go about their business every single day. I remember when we had your, I guess it wasn't called a bobblehead. It was like an action figure of you coaching third base. And I don't think people really understand how tough a position that is as a coach, 
how much you have to study. You have to know everybody's arms. You've got to know every, as you just mentioned, like Otani, knowing his speed and his ability. Just explain to people how tough it is to be a third base coach and all the effort that goes into being a great one. Well, you know, all our all our fathers and all the dads out there, I'm sure they coached third base one time or the other, you know, and, and for their son's little league team. And uh, it's, it's a little different here. You know, uh, you definitely have to, do your homework, you know, uh, you know, every, every series I knew, you know, the, the strength of every, every outfielder's arm, opponent, opponent's, uh, outfielder's arms. Uh, I knew, uh, I knew if they threw better on a fly ball, if they threw better on a, on a ground ball, I knew, uh, if they threw better moving to the right or left, I, I knew, uh, if they would sit back on ball on ground ball, hit at them, or were they good closers on the ground ball? Um, I knew how the field played. I knew if the ball was, you know, if the grass was cut certain ways, the ball going to snake. I knew if it was wet, you know, the wind. There's a lot of things that come into play, and at the same time, you have to use your third eye to make sure you see the jump that the runner gets. You know, so you have, you know, you you have to pay attention to a lot of different things. Also, you got to know the score. You got to know who's coming up. You got to know what that uh, guy that's on deck what his numbers are against the reliever that's coming in, you know? So uh, there's a lot of things that come into play. And at the same time, uh, when you send them and he's safe, everyone, you know, cheers for that base runner. When you send him and he's out, they all look at the third base coach wondering, why the hell did you send him? You know? So it's, it's sort of a thankless job. Um, but at the same time, it's one of the most important jobs as a coach on the field, obviously, and, and has actually, uh, you know, can determine a win or a loss every single day. So there's a lot of pressure on the third base coach, and um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's the closest you can be uh, to still to be still being a player and and being a manager at the same time. And uh, you know, because you have to think like a base runner, like a player, but you also have to think like a manager as well because of uh, of setting up uh, you know the the things that are coming up uh, behind these base runners. So um, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, focus every single day. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to, uh, uh, you know, feel like, you know, I was, I was a decent third base coach, but, um, being around this, our third base coach now, Brian Butterfield, wow. Uh, uh this guy's prepared and he's one of the best I've ever seen. And, and it's great to, uh, uh, be a, a, a coach mate with him and, and uh, to learn from his, uh, his, uh, ex, ex, uh, his experience and, and um, uh, you know, great guy as well. And, and uh, he knows what he's doing out there. So keep an eye on that guy. Well, you're always going to be a big part of the A's family. We always appreciate you stopping by here on A's Cast Live. Good luck to you guys. 60 games in 66 days. I wish I could come see you at the ballpark, but uh doesn't look like it'll be this season. But take care and be safe and have a good season. All right, Chris, I appreciate you reaching out. And, uh, uh, again, uh, it's great to be home, and um, I send my best to all the Oakland A's fans out there. Mike Gallego was so good to me when he was here. I can't tell you how much I love that guy. Andrew Bailey was an all-star closer for the Oakland Athletics. He's now the pitching coach for the San Francisco Giants. Here is former A right-hander Andrew Bailey. You know, Andrew, over the years, you know, watching you come up with the A's, be so successful and now what you're uh, doing with the Giants 
we're so happy for you. And I know a lot of A's fans, what you meant to this organization was fantastic. And just congratulations on, on what you got going. And we're all, we're all just happy baseball's back. Yeah, thank you very much. That, that really means a lot. Uh, I always enjoy, you know, coming back to the Bay Area, uh, Oakland especially. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the opportunity, obviously, with the Giants uh, across the Bay and, and uh, fun, fun times in Oakland. And I think everybody speaks for everybody that we're just excited to, uh, to have baseball back. And, you know, seeing it on TV the last couple nights has, has been really refreshing. And, and uh, hopefully this, uh, we can kind of get back to a, to a little bit of normalcy. And, and things are going to be weird from kind of our perspective. But I'm, I'm hoping the fans can really enjoy the game that we all love. What was it like for you? just putting the uniform back on and I, you know, you know, from a standpoint now as a coach and, 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 and helping players, what was it just like getting back into it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was honestly tough, man. Um, you know, as a, as a former player, you're kind of, you know, fear of the unknown. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to have my degree from college and, and uh, you know, but you grow up, you know, since you're five years old and, playing the game and you know you start playing American Legion or travel ball now and you really don't know anything different so it's it's kind of a scary landscape and you know some anxiety can set in and uh fortunately I was blessed with the opportunity to join uh Mike Sosha's staff right after I got done playing and kind of a introductory you know coaching position and and um you know so so obviously welcomed that with open arms and was able to stay in the game so you know the first year was really really strange um you know kind of coming to terms with like your ability not to do the things that you're trying to get uh, your, your, your players to do and, and really falling in love with the game from a, from a different lens and, and a different viewpoint was really uh, awesome for me. Uh, and now with the Giants as, you know, the pitching coach, just being able to share my knowledge um, with the players, helping them, you know, throughout their career or their career getting started and, and wherever I can fit in and let them go do their job. So um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Uh, always open-minded and, and really uh, looking forward to this opportunity. I mean, when you look at your guys, like how in shape are they? How much were they throwing, you know, when, when they were back wherever they were back home? Because uh, that's, yep. that, that's kind of the thing we've all, we all kind of like wondered, like, are, are they ready to go? What was that like? They come back and, and how much are they ready just to go? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a, a difficult question. I think it's a very uh, individual answer. Um, you know, a lot of guys, depending on the resources they had, right, um, is, you know, there's two ends of the spectrum. You know, you had some guys only capable of throwing into a net in their garage if they were in an area of the country where it was completely shut down. Other guys, you know, maybe had, um, you know, some facilities open for a little bit longer when they were at home. So they were able to go train and throw off the mounds and stay fresh. And then also you have to, you have the human element as well. Obviously, you know, we're in a pandemic and, you know, just, you know, the, the anxiety of going to the grocery store is a real thing and the stress level that, you know, these guys as human beings are feeling as well. So there's a lot of variety uh, and, and, you know, personalities and, and issues that, you know, kind of challenged, you know, us as, as people throughout the, the, the downtime away from baseball. So really it was just kind of a constant communication of, Hey, how can we help? How can we support you? How, how what do you need from us? You know, where are you at helping them build out some throwing programs based off of, um, you know, 
where they were at in, in their programs and or in, in, in the country. So um, for us, it was it was just being being communicative with them and and you know letting them know that we're here to support them and and not letting them off on their own and and guiding them through the shutdown and and communicating as much as we could uh, based off of what we were hearing from Major League Baseball and then the players, you know, communicating with us and just really making sure that everyone came in fresh, ready to go. So, um, you know, hopefully we can eliminate um, some of the potential injuries from a quick startup. You know, back in the day with the A's, you were the kind of guy that you took the ball, you won the ball constantly. So I, I think yeah. about now as a coach, um, what is that like? I mean, because you got to like, you got you, in, in a way you have to protect these guys. You don't know yeah. how many innings you can get out of the starters. You know, like what are your expectations of your staff? Yeah, I mean, our, our, my expectations is is for our guys to be honest with how they're feeling, um, taking the ball. Um, you know, when when the, when when uh, Cap gives it to them and and go out and pitch uh, until we take it away from them. You know, and and for us, it's it's they're all on board with that. We understand that, um, you know, the game is, is changing a little bit, um, you know, and, and we'll be creative when we need to. But um, for me, as a, as a, as a, p- a former pitcher and, and throwing through injuries and pain, I, you know, did that to, to, a, to a fault. And, uh, you know, so just having these guys uh, trust you is huge and understanding that we're here for them. We want them to be on the field. Um, and, and just continuing those conversations. So expectations, man, I don't really, I don't really know, you know, obviously there's not going to be any 200 inning pitchers or, you know, you know, potentially 15 game winners or whatever it is, but, um, you know, so things, there's a lot of new things and, and every game is worth three. And, um, so our ability to go out and win, win ball games fast and get off to a great start, uh, is going to be exciting. Yeah. I think about from a standpoint of a bullpen, we're probably going to see more pitchers than we've ever seen before per game. And I don't yeah. know what that's going to be like. I mean, just, but you have to manage that. What, what do you think that's going to be like? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's going to be some uniqueness to it as, you know, also, um, you know, not only a uniqueness of a shorter season, but we also have three batter minimum, which is a new hurdle for coaches, pitching coaches and players. Right. So, not only is, you know, we're adding new rules into a shortened season. Uh, so it's definitely going to be unique and there's going to be a lot of strategy involved and, you know, the ability for your relievers to go back to back early in the season. I mean, maybe some teams will, some teams won't um, really value usage. And again, like you hear it a lot around the league and the industry is, you know, the healthiest team both on the field and, and from a, from a, a, a COVID standpoint, you know, has a really great chance of winning. So you know, we're, we're, uh, we're doing our best as a, as an organization to, to stay safe as keep our players, um, and our players understand the value in that. And then it's our job as coaches and, and an organization to keep our guys healthy as possible on the field as well. So, um, you know, I think there's a real competitive advantage in that and, and we're going to do our best to, you know, stay, stay connected with our players on how they're feeling and continue to build them up as we can. You know, I think about the three batter minimum. That wouldn't have been a problem for you. I mean, you would attack that. But how do you coach that? Now? I mean, what what is that like? I mean, hey, you know, no one's coming to, to get you. How how do you coach that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just to set the precedent on you know getting outs from 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 pitch one, right? Like if you bring in a lefty to face you know uh, uh, two lefties, and you know you need him to get two outs. Like there's a there's a heightened awareness on 
the importance of, of, of doing that because you have the righty, you know, coming up third or what have you. But uh, I think there's going to be some interesting strategy and um, implementation of, of, you know, different techniques. And, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think our guys are aware of it and um, you know, we have the, we have the utmost confidence in, in all of our guys to get both handedness hitters out. You know, we got a chance to talk to Gabe Kapler down at the winter meetings in San Diego, and he's a fascinating guy. What What, what is it like? I mean, obviously, both of you guys are former players. He was a position player. You, of course, you were an all-star and you were a pitcher. But what is it like working with him? Because he, he really is an interesting – he's a very smart guy. Yes, he's very, very intelligent. And, and one of his biggest strong, strong points is his communication skills. I, I don't really think I've ever – met anyone who has been able to communicate with staff, media, uh, players uh, on a consistent basis like Gabe. I mean, great in-game manager, and then you add on the communication level layers. And, you know, his belief in, in you know, kind of, you know, the, the family environment and creating great environments, not only for our players and our coaches. And, you know, Gabe and I, as, as former players, really rely on a lot of our staff who aren't former players. I mean, I've said this from, from day one is, you know, those – our, our other staff members have been honing in their skills on coaching and information and the use of technology and a lot of different things that you see in the game right now for the last 15 or 20 years. And, you know, Gabe, you know, obviously was out of the game before I was, but, you know, we were focused on our on the field thing. So me and him rely heavily on our other staff members that bring other things to the table and um, really value that. So Gabe is, is amazing at at working with people, um, structure and communication. And it's been, it's been a blessing to work with him. You know, what is it for you as a former, you know, I mean, obviously you were a terrific pitcher and an all-star and going through your career. What is it like for you when you got to deal with this pitching staff? I mean, there, 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 I know it's special to you as a teacher and, and what you can do for but, but I got to think for you with these guys, it means so much. And I know how much you care about the game. What is it like for you now as basically to help these guys be as successful as they possibly can be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's not too much intervention, obviously, with our, with our uh, older veteran pitchers. It's, it's letting them uh, go compete and compete as they're comfortable and, and hopefully, um, you know, little bits of pieces of, of information here and there. And, you know, our staff is hungry. We have a lot of, of younger guys, uh, a lot of guys in, in different parts of their careers that are trying to achieve different things. And um, it's really just letting them be themselves and kind of guiding them when, when, there's, when, there, when there needs to be guidance. But um, I'm really excited about our staff. I think we can do a lot of great things this season. Um, and we have a lot of hunger, hungerness in, 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 within our pitching staff in general. So uh, it's kind of a younger group. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting time to, to be in the Giants organization. And, and I think, uh, you know, expectations, man, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, you know with the A's, we're always going to be rooting for you. It's tough that you're now with the Giants, but uh, we're always going to be rooting for you. And, 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 you know, it's great to hear your voice. Great to have you on. We truly appreciate it. Good luck to you and uh, and everything you guys are doing with the Giants. And, uh, you know, you, you know we're, just, we're just all just happy the game is back. Yeah, I, I, we're all excited for that. And it, it is funny to, to – it's, it's awesome to be in the Giants uniform and, and really uh, – honored with my time with the A's and it's, it's funny, you know, Pablo and I, we go back and forth about the, the Bay area, uh, Bay series all the time. And, and, uh, 
facing him in that. And it, it, it's great to have, you know, that, that camaraderie and that connection there. And it's, it's been, it's been fun to wear this uniform and really looking forward to getting back to the Coliseum tonight and, and playing the ace. Yeah. It's great to hear your voice. Good luck and everything. And I can't wait to talk to you during the regular season. Sounds good, Chris. Take care, man. From one former A's pitcher to another, Dallas Braden, the author of the 19th perfect game in Major League Baseball history and now a broadcaster for the Oakland Athletics. Oh, always good to have Dallas on A's Cast Live. The great Dallas Braden. Dallas, how are you? Uncle County, I'm doing good, big guy. How you doing? I can't wait to watch you on television tonight. <laughs> I, I can't wait to be on. T- I can't wait to be at the ballpark. Actually, Tony, scratch that. I am already at the ballpark. I'm watching batting practice right now. I am a kid in a candy store. I am beside myself right now. I feel like I have beaten Santa Claus to the Christmas tree. You know, well, I, I don't think people really realize how much you really love the game. You love the game. You love baseball. How tough has this been for you not having this game and not being able to be a, around it? It's been agonizing. You know, I've, uh, I've I found myself very early on watching some of the, you know, MLB classic games, and I'm breaking down pitch sequencing. I'm breaking down watching King Griffey Sr. talk about King Griffey Jr. getting a changeup in a certain count. And I'm just I'm, – I'm trying to consume any form of baseball. Uh, the Korean Baseball League kicked off. I was enthralled with that. I mean, I – but to have the green and gold back on the diamond and to be – Anywhere near that is is a true blessing right now, and I, like I said, I'm 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 almost at a loss for words. Just consuming the the sounds of the ball off the bat, the glove popping. Lazardo was out here slicing and dicing a little earlier. Just being able to consume all of that, like I said, is it's refreshing. You would have been a great KBO player. You would have been phenomenal oh. in the Korean League. Oh, Uncle Ty, I'm telling you right now, I, I very well may have been kicked out. They might have said, hey, look, we're, we're here for the showing emotion and everything, but you just don't throw hard enough to do the dumb stuff you're doing on the mound right now. You're going to have to reel it in just a little bit, guy. But, but, I mean, talk about seeing some of the personalities of these guys, the bat flips, even when they swing and miss. Uh, it's just a completely different vibe, and I, I really hope that uh, some of the fans that maybe have found their way in front of a KBO game Kind of, kind of lighten their load a little when they start to see some of that same emotion portrayed and, and put on display here stateside. You know, Tyler Glass now, he tested positive for COVID. He's back on the mound already. And I got to think that for Jesus Lazardo, we're saying all the right things. You know, he's the young guy. But I got to think he's got to be itching to get back on that mound. Well, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. This is what you work each and every day in the offseason for. And, and we can get cliche and talk about the dream being realized and to have it kind of, you know, cut short a bit very early on. It's, these are all things that become motivating factors. So anytime you're told that you physically can't do something as an athlete and frankly, as finely tuned as, as these gentlemen are, you, you take that as a challenge. So sure, he was kind of put on the back burner, but he said, you know what? I know that I can keep myself mentally sharp. And I know what I'm capable of physically, so I'm going to do everything that I need to. And when I feel like I am in a position and when the test results tell me that I'm in a position to get back after it, I'm going to hit the ground running. And that's, that's exactly what he's done. So I, I, think, I think I can speak for any player who might have found themselves on the wrong side or the positive side of one of these COVID, COVID tests. 
they want nothing more than to get back out there and, and get back into the swing of things. You know, let's go back to when you were a starting pitcher and how you would prepare for a lineup. What do you think it would be like to go up against this lineup from Simeon down and you got Chapman and Olsen, you got all these guys in their prime. What would it be like pitching against these guys? Well, this is a lineup where, you, you know, a lot of times you try to look for your way out or you look for your breath of fresh air. You know, you're, you're almost you're almost like a dolphin. You need to surface and catch that breath. Where is that going to happen in this lineup? Well, one through nine, there's really no alleviation. You're going to get a quality at bat, and if you make a mistake really anywhere through this lineup, you're going to pay, and you're going to pay dearly. And that really starts at the top of the lineup, and as you said, through Simeon on down, it works its way. And and it is a, it's a lineup where you've got to make your pitches. I, I talk about Miguel Cabrera being the guy during my career where you just knew you got to throw him a different pitch in a different location, a little different speed. Everything's got to be different from pitch to pitch. That's the same approach against this lineup here. You don't want to show your hand too early because as you, as you mentioned, Tony, these are some guys who are in their prime and really figuring out kind of how to set a pitcher up, how to take advantage of mistakes. And it's, it's scary to think that they as hitters could be one pitch ahead of a pitcher in a sequence. That, that, that spells trouble for the opposing team. Yeah, what was that like in your career when you look over on the on-deck circle and you go, oh, no, that guy's coming up? Well, that's tough, right? That, that, uh, any time the guy on deck starts to impact the <laughs> battle that you have going on with the man at the plate in the box, that is presence. And that's exactly who a Miguel Cabrera type is. But that's exactly what the A's have going on right here, in my opinion. You know, you don't want to see that big fellow Matt Olson lingering. And when he is and you've got men on base less than two outs, you better believe he is a factor. And that's not a comfortable place to be as a pitcher. Like I said, worried about a guy who doesn't have a bat in his hand just yet. What do you think about from a standpoint of everything's on the West Coast now other than the Texas game? So, you know, you're going to play in L.A., you're going to play in San Diego, but you're not having to go to New York or Tampa or Kansas City. What kind of advantage is that going to be for West Coast teams? Well, I think it's – I don't know if it's necessarily an advantage because if I'm correct, Tony, I believe the Oakland A's still travel the third most in baseball. And sure, it's 60 days, so it's all relative. But the, the ability to not lose hours and lose days of recovery and preparation, making that haul over to the right side of the continent, that's going to be wonderful as far as these guys being able to rest and capitalize on that recovery that is so sorely missed at times through a long baseball season. But on the flip side of that, we're not really dealing with that big, long baseball season. So for these guys to you know, essentially be able to sleep in their own bed at night in their own time zone for the majority of, of a very different season, I think that can only bode well. And, and and it's just crazy to think, like, you win one game, it's like winning 2.7 games. You lose one game, it's like losing 2.7 games. I mean, the amount of pressure that's on every single game, I think is going to make this so dramatic, and I can't wait for it to start. Well, that's exactly, that, that's exactly what I talk about when I think about this being a sprint instead of the marathon that a lot of people get, get used to or kind of hunker down for. Each and every at-bat matters. Pitch to pitch, it matters, folks. I promise you. So for me, County, tonight, even in an exhibition game, A's Giants, I am thinking about this as 
each pitch is going to get us to game seven or could mean game seven. That's how, that's how much I'm hanging on every pitch because at bats in April, at bats in May, sometimes those get cashed in, right? On a day game, getaway day, maybe you're not getting an A lineup and maybe you're not getting that veteran guy's A swing early on because he says, you know what? I've got an at bat that I can really focus on in July or August coming. You can have this one. Well, not this season, my friend. Nay, nay. Yeah, can you imagine going into a season where your goal is to only get 12 starts? I mean, that's that's the motivation that I talk about, Tony, is, is it's all kind of being condensed for you, and it's all right in front of you. So when you kind of sparse up the season and you break it up and you're trying to you know, mentally take yourself through stages, the first half, second half, maybe it's a quarter, or you're trying to break the season up in thirds, well, that's where you find yourself. As you are now at the latter third of your mental preparation that you go through in December, January, February, tell yourself, I want to be ready to rock those last 10 starts of the season because that's when I know it's going to be crunch time. We are here. Those starts we're talking about preparing for in January, February, those starts are here right now. They matter. You know what's going to be crazy is, you know, normally where you sit, kind of right behind the dugout or right next to the dugout, usually have all these fans around you. It's going to be you by yourself with a, with, with a bunch of cardboard cutouts. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Dave, you might have to walk that back. It's not going to be me by myself. I've got me and some of the best-looking A's family members that I've got going around here. Uh, some of them seem a, a, a bit stiff. Early on, I'll say county, but they're they're gonna loosen up. I got no doubt about it. They're gonna loosen up. We're gonna have a great time. You don't come out here to a ball game in Oakland, whether you be a cardboard cutout or a human being, and have a bad time. That's just not gonna happen. Yeah, uh, Mark Kotze and I are, are are right next to each other. We'll be watching you. Sounds good. I actually found myself. Oh, you have one too. I do. I have one. I I, I have one right right behind myself. <laughs> I cannot wait. Baseball's oh, overlooking me. Uh, I cannot wait to watch you guys tonight. I mean, I've been looking forward to it. I've been, you know, talking about Dallas, you know, being a baseball geek. I can't wait just to keep score, to watch the game. I don't care if it's the next game. I just, I'm just going to be so happy to watch you guys tonight. Yeah, that makes, that makes at least three of us between me, Type, and Foss, and we'll count you as four. And hopefully the A's fans are excited and ready for some baseball. Well, you be well. Have a great call. And uh, next time we talk to you, Dallas, we'll actually be talking about baseball games. I can't wait, Tony. We've got one more pitcher for you. Yeah, he's not a former A, but he just got a new gig. And, of course, at that time where we did this interview, the A's were taking on the Giants in a quick Bay Bridge series. And George Contos is a World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants, now working for NBC Sports Bay Area. Here is the world champion, George Contos. George, it's great to have you back on the program. Congratulations on everything. I know you just retired, and uh, now, now you've come to the dark side. You're now a media guy. I know. For years, as, as a player, we, we were uh, not dreading, but we would always kind of look when the media guys would walk in the clubhouse and be like, all right, everyone kind of sit in your locker. Don't say anything too loud. And now I'm on the other side. So, um, you know, it, it'll be great that I have some of the relationships with those guys. To, so hopefully they don't treat me that way. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you're young enough to still know a lot of the guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 awesome actually. You know, I'm Buster, who's not playing this year, obviously, but Buster, Brandon Bell, Crawford, 
uh, Hunter Pence, who most people don't know, I'm his godfather because he married into the Greek uh, ethnicity. Um, and then, uh, you know, Cueto we played with, Samarja. So there's quite a few guys there that I overlap with and uh, a handful of guys who have a couple of rings as well with me there. So there, there's some, uh, some blood that runs deep in that clubhouse still. You know, and I, and I think, you know, someone who, who won a championship like yourself and you come back to the organization and, and you know, the one thing that even though, you know, we, we don't like the Giants, it's a reality. But uh, <laughs> the one thing that I've always respected is that the Giants do a great job of celebrating their history and taking care of their own players. And, and obviously you're a big part of that. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. I mean, there, there are guys who are always around, you know, Jeremy Affelt and Javier Lopez before me and, you know, Andres Torres is always walking around and you always just see guys walking in and out, whether they're um, doing broadcasting or media stuff or whether they're, you know, special assistants to the program or whatever. Cody Ross is always around, Pat Burrell. So um, it's great. It's great that the um, organization is, is very fond of the guys who have helped win and, and helped put a few of those championships uh, championship banners up and, and bring a few uh, trophies to, to the Bay Area. Now, you're one of those smart guys. You went to Northwestern, and uh, I look at this season. It's 60 games. It's almost kind of like a college baseball season. It's 60 games. It's going to be over before you know it. It's going to be wild. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think the typical, obviously, the typical season is 162 games and 180 something uh, days, but uh, more marathon, like this one's going to be a sprint. It, there's going to be some things, there's some teams who are not really expected to do much, who could have a hot stretch. I want to say that uh, in the NL West, the Dodgers are, are favored to finish first, obviously with a 36 and 24 record. And the Giants, I think are uh, at the bottom of the cellar with a 24 and 36 record. But, you know, a, a good week, a six and one week on either direction can can really kind of put some distance or catch catch some teams ahead of you. So it's going to be one of those things where, if somebody can get out of the gate quick and just play some good games, you never know what can happen. Yeah, I mean, every I mean, it, the reality is everybody's going to be in play here because I mean, obviously, uh, a bad team has a good week. Next, thing you know, they gain confidence. And you know, the one thing that we've been talking about here is you know, relievers are going to play such a huge role in this season to where I'm of the belief that if you have a spectacular season as a reliever, you're going to be not only in the Cy Young hunt, that you could be in the MVP hunt. I mean, work with me here. What if you're a reliever and you end up getting like 20-something saves and X amount of wins in 60 games? I don't know who would be more valuable on your team. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think I think in a season like this where anything is possible, I remember one year before the All-Star break, I had 50 games. So, um, if, if you can go out there and, and pitch well, and obviously it matters where, you know, the, the games you're going to be pitching in and your team has to give you an opportunity to, to be in those big situations. But, um, you know, I want to say the last, the last reliever to win all those awards was, was what, uh, Gagne or Eckersley or I know, I know Britain had a really, really yeah. good season in 2014 and 15, and, and he even got snubbed, um, for, for the, uh, the Cy Young award. I think he lost by a little bit, but. I think if, if, if a guy can go out there and, and, you know, the first half of the season, everyone's going to be really – or the, the first half of a typical season this year would be the whole season. But uh, everyone's going to be fresh. Guys are going to not need as many breaks. Um, but I think on, on the flip side of that, managers are going to kind of ride those hot hands, and you're going to see the workloads on, on guys. I think 
be a little bit more aggressive than they would be on a typical 162-game season. I'm looking at your numbers. In 2015, you threw <laughs> 73 games. Yep. 73 games in the last one of the season, I gave up three runs without getting it out, and it brought me over the two ERA mark, which I was not thrilled about. But it was it was a great season and um, ra- racked up the appearances, and and it was it was it was fun. That was a good one. You know, we saw last night uh, Sean Mania for the A's go five innings, and it, I, I think we kind of overplayed this. That oh, the starters are not going to be ready. They're not. I mean. I have a feeling pitchers are going to be more ready than we think they are. How do you think it's going to be for these guys since the pandemic and this layoff? Well, I totally agree with you. I think these guys, I mean, all you need is somebody to play catch with and to be outside to get your throwing in. So, you know, I watched, you know, Johnny Cueto's Instagram, the entire, uh, the entire layoff that we had, and he was facing guys pretty regularly. He was really ramping it up to high intensity workouts. On top of it, a guy like him who only threw 16 innings last year coming back from Tommy John, he's well-rested. He's ready to go. I have to imagine he's going to be gnawing at the bit to get out of the gate and just kind of let let the reins go, let the leash go, and see how far he can take it. You know, some of the other guys as well. you got some guys who have been around who, who are able to carry those workloads. Um, you know, I think the pitches are definitely going to be a little bit more advanced than the hitters right, right now, especially with not having had some of the – um, live live reps that you typically would get out of a normal spring training with the layoff, and then you know this three week summer camp deal is is uh, it's great and to get guys kind of up to speed. But I think the pitchers, as you said, will definitely be ahead of the hitters. And 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 you know the thing that I'm so fascinated about is what kind of baseball are we going to have? Are we going to have the juice baseball from last year, or are we going to have the baseball that? Technically, we, we're, we're being told that it was a little bit different in the postseason. It didn't fly as far. Well, I think that with kind of how things went during the layoff with, with the, 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 owners, the owners and the players and the agreements that they weren't able to come to until um, a little bit later than I think they would have liked, um, there's going to be there's going to need to be some entertainment and some excitement. So if if I were making a guess, I would say that you're going to see you know some home run spikes and you're going to see some of those balls flying out uh, where you kind of shake your head and scratch your head and wonder how it got out. You know, I think from a, a starting pitching standpoint, and and it's it's a question we 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 don't know the answer to. Do you think we'll see a lot of? I mean, twelve starts. If you're going every five days, it's going to be twelve starts. Do you think we see a lot of guys get 12 starts? Would you take the over or the under on that? I would take. Uh, I would probably take the under on that. I, th- I think what we're, where we're going in the game is you're going to kind of see le- you're going to kind of see more bullpen by committees. I think you have a couple extra pitchers this year that you're going to be able to run out there um, and and just kind of maybe your one two guys, your your kind of horses, your veteran guys that have been around there. I think they're going to take the ball every fifth day. But I think some of the some of the younger guys who maybe in their first couple of years are going to do some creative things with uh, with the pitching staff. You know, you, you you've been in the game uh, for a long time, and looking at the Dodgers who've won the West seven straight years, and just looking how stacked they are now that you know you you can have the DH. 
you know, they can just put Jock Peterson in there who had 36 home runs or against a lefty, you have Kiki Hernandez who rips left-handers. They're just so balanced in so many different ways. Do you see anybody in the West? I know the Padres have kind of been a, 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 a chic pick by somebody, but do you really see anybody in the West that can stand up to the Dodgers? Well, you know, they just added a, another MVP in their lineup in Mookie Betts, and they got, a, they got a lot deeper. They have a good pitching staff. I think for anybody in the West to compete, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, but you never know. Like, like we said earlier, in one of these shortened seasons, if they have an off week and another team has, has a, a great week, I remember in, in a couple of the years where, where I was still playing in San Francisco, the San Diego Padres were – were at the bottom of the division and they were not supposed to win any games, but they always came in and they played the NL West tough. They played us tough in San Francisco and in San Diego. And if, if a team at the bottom can, can kind of do that, a younger team that's not supposed to do much can come in and play good baseball and, and kind of just, you know, rattle some cages a little bit. You never know what can happen. Do I think the Dodgers will, will ultimately win? Yes, I do. Um, but in one of these unprecedented type seasons, you never know what can happen if one team has a bad week and another team gets on a roll a little bit. All right, let's end on this. Now that you're becoming a television guy, when's the last time you've applied and wore makeup? <laughs> um, uh, probably when I was doing, in maybe 2016 or 17, doing some uh, preseason uh, commercials for the Giants. You know how they have the, the commercials and, yeah. and all the stuff yeah. for, for the different nights, fireworks night and whatnot. I think that, that's probably the last time I put on makeup. I mean, before, you're gonna, that, before that, probably never. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to wear a suit. You're going to have makeup on. I mean, this is a whole new deal for you. Well, the good thing about it is early earlier in my career with the Giants, we, we, wore, we were dressed to the nines on our team plane. We, we wore uh, slacks and sport coats, tie optional, so – uh, you know, I had, I had a couple guys buy, uh, buy me some suits and over the, over the years I've bought some suits. So I have plenty of suits lying around that, that are just itching to be worn. So I'm really excited to get to use those and put them to good use. Um, and, and you know, it's all, you always feel good when you dress nice, you know, it's, it's the same thing as playing, right? Look sharp, play sharp, except now it's look sharp and broadcast sharp. That is always one of the great traditions in major league baseball of how veteran guys, take care of younger guys because most younger guys they've never had a suit in their life and you know it's the big leagues you need to dress nice and the fact that guys did it for you and you did it for other guys it's truly one of the great traditions in our game yeah it, it really is you know i, I enjoyed it. It, it, it it's great it's that great feeling when you first get there and you feel like you're part of part of the group of guys and a veteran makes you feel like you're welcome um, you know, I remember, I, I think I, I got a, one for Christian Arroyo and the, the, the look on his face was just like, oh, so appreciative. You felt like he belonged and was part of the group. And, you know, you always pay it forward. The guys, the guys ahead of you have done it to you and then you do it to the guys behind you. And that's how you create those good traditions. And hopefully everyone looks really good. And they don't get those goofy suits that, uh, that, uh, that are there for, for just the jokes, but it's definitely a great tradition. And I, and I hope that the, uh, looking nice and dressing to the nines is something that uh, continues for, for years and years to come. Well, you, you, you had, you had a really good career. You're a world series champion, everything you, you want to achieve in the game. And now going to be back with the giants. I know the organization means a lot to you and you're going to be on television. It's going to be great to see you. So uh, hopefully next time we're talking, we're actually talking about real baseball games. 
I would love that. I would love that. Thanks a lot, Chris. I'd like to thank Mike Gallego, Andrew Bailey, Dallas Braden, and George Contos. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.